the Oakland opening weekend tournament picks edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk-free bet up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're also brought to you by GameTime. GameTime tickets make the perfect holiday gift. Download the GameTime apps today and use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And, folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I got my Cuban links on. Yes, Cuban B. And I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn. I got ice all over my body looking like a snowman. Big rocks in the grill dancing like a slow jam. My chain's so heavy, I'm walking like an old man. Try me, you... Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, it's I, I'm not gonna go too deep into my musings. I'm not I'm not gonna hit you with like a oh y'all, you know what's crazy I've gotten into lately? Toast. Y'all remember toast? I'm not gonna get to do that right now. There's this might be a longer episode, uh, because it's gonna be a fun one. Uh, because I got a few guests uh joining me to get in on one of my uh I don't know, exercises and pain uh tournaments that I have going. Uh so without further ado, let's go ahead, let's get some intros in. Uh the new Patica analyst at Oaklawn Park. didn't realize i had in my mind the bluey theme did not last near that long so i apologize for that to everyone um crystal crystal connie making her second appearance on the show welcome back how are you great how are you i i'm doing well i'm glad to see you uh, i i know it's got to be exciting you know uh, i guess one more sleep until the the oaklawn meet starts for you tomorrow morning uh are, are you are you pumped you ready to go you feel like you got your feet wet i am yeah we had uh rest rehearsal today and uh everything went pretty smooth got in the kind of groove of talking properly again so <laughs> i'm uh after today i'm feeling a lot better about it all right there we go well we're excited for uh for you to make your start tomorrow uh joining me someone who's uh who's been at it for a bit she's been on this show roughly a million times uh <laughs> i lean on her more than you would ever know ladies and gentlemen from the Empire State. Sarah L. Bodway. I was, I didn't know what to use. And then I, I thought money ain't a thing. And then I was going through the music video and they were like inexplicably riding horses. I was like, well, this is perfect. Why is Jermaine Dupree on a horse right now? So welcome to the show. Good to see you again. Good to see you, as always. It's uh, it's almost weird that Matthew's not here, but really excited to uh, be able to be on with Crystal, talk some Oaklawn opening day. And yeah, I noticed the horses in, the, in there. I was like, oh, this is perfect. You couldn't pick another song. Yeah, there, there's even like the slightest whinny 
just the slightest of a whinny in there to let you know that the folks at home know that there was a horse galloping. It wasn't just a man with coconuts in his hand. We what are we going to be? Oh yeah. Yeah. Everyone's we, yeah. It's like the uh, guy code. We've, we've, we see it. Everyone sees it. Um, what are we going to be doing today? We're going to be talking a 10 race tournament. Uh, this is crystals first. Uh, Sarah is a, a previous winner. I am a multiple time lose at the end of it or uh, for these tournaments, but uh, Sarah actually named this one. It's the triple a Archie breads, advent day and avoiding every formful race, AKA the triple a meat grinder. Um, I being back on my bullshit pulled out 10 races over the entirety of this weekend of racing at Oakland park. And we're doing a $2 mythical win place tournament. Uh, in the event of a tie winners decide by whoever has the biggest win payout still tied largest place payout. Everyone gets a selection and an alternate. Uh, since we're pick, picking two days in advance, and in case there are scratches, uh, if your alternate gets scratched too, you just get the post time favorite. And we're just going to grind this out with $2. Uh, previously, we've done like double downs and triple downs and such, but we're keeping it we're keeping it simple with just the $2 all the way around. Does everyone understand these rules if they have as they've been read to you? Yes, sir. Indeed. Okay. All right. Well, I want you to defend yourselves at all times and come out of your corners fighting. All right. We're going to be talking about 10 races, and it's going to include the Advent Stakes, the Ring the Bell, the Mistletoe. On Friday, it's going to be race two, race four, race five, race seven, and race nine, which is the Advent. And then on Saturday, race one, race two, race six, which I believe is the Ring the Bell, and race nine, which is the Mistletoe Stakes. And finishing it up with the finale for the weekend, race 10. So. Let's go ahead. Let's jump in. Let's talk races. Uh, Friday, race two, first race of the competition. I mentioned being back on my bullshit. This is a six furlong, $115,000 Archie bread, maiden special weight. Uh, Crystal, uh, you're you're new here, fairly. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. What do, you, what do you got? What are you thinking for this race? All right. Well, I am new, brand new to the state of Arkansas, um, and I have only sat on the occasional Arkansas bread in my time in the saddle. So I don't have a lot to go on on what they're like, really. Um, but I'm going to play this race two, uh, seven, two, and one. The seven horse in here I'm going to use on top blue ember, five to one on the morning line. First time starter, um, the Compton Barn, they have really big stats with first timers at 25% and 16% with two-year-olds. Uh, this horse has got solid, sharp, consistent works. Nick Juarez takes the mount who uh, Nick, after watching him ride in Jersey all summer, is a very aggressive, kind of strong gate rider, which I think is always advantageous on first-time starters. This filly is also uh, – sorry, this horse is also out of a stakes-winning mare who won at first asking. Sire has 11 winners from 76 two-year-old runners, so I think those – Stats look favorable for this first-time starter. Do you want me to go through all three or just my top pick? Uh, just uh, your top pick and then whatever your alternate would be if that uh, if that one scratches. Okay, so my alternate is the two-horse. Sorry. Okay. Um, Latifa, 6-1 on the morning line, another first-time starter. Comes here for an astute, astute connections in the John Ortiz barn. They've got a 14% strike rate with first-timers. Another one has a solid work tab, hasn't missed a work. Um, this barn also has a 22% strike rate in state bred competitions and 14% with first time as sprinting. Uh, interesting little stat though. Um, barn was 15 for zero winners with firsters in the last six months, but those all went off at double digit odds. 
However, prior to that, they were three for four with first timers at odds of four to one or less. So I thought maybe we'll watch the odds here closer to post time, see maybe if they like this horse or not. Out of a mare that only ran one time, had one sibling to the races, though, is a five-time winner. Anchor down progeny win 10% first time out. And uh, jockey Santana and John Ortiz have an 18% clip together. That's a strong debut, Crystal. That is a strong debut for making a pick on this show right there. Uh, Sarah, what 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 was your pick? What, what How'd you see this race? Oh, you know, of course you got to include the 14-horse field with the Archie Brett start things off. I'm swinging. Um, I went with the number four, Fine by Design, for a barn that the stats, they're not great, I will say. But at the same time, Michael Hewitt is a trainer. That is one for one with two-year-olds. And that one was an upset winner on Oakland opening day last year at 47 to one with She's Storming, who won a state bread main special weight conditions just like this. So with that, and look, a pretty modest pedigree, but you could say that about the majority of this field the dam is at least a four-time winner. This is the first full to race. There wasn't much going on with this one outside of that little angle for me. But uh, there wasn't a ton that I loved about the horses that had already run or some of the shorter prices. And then my alternate in here is going to be the nine, Rhonda Ruth, who does have a little experience. Debut, debuted at five to one at Delta. It was a muddy sealed surface, really did not run that well, all things considered. Kind of urged throughout in that race, far back early, didn't make much of a dent. But I thought it was possible this one may just not have cared for the offgoing. And this horse has a little bit of pedigree. Uh, she's a half to 12 winners, including a six-time winner earnings of almost 480-plus in Catholic Cowboys. So perhaps could improve second time out for a trainer who does have better stats with his second time starters. I, this is like watching like a uh, bird and magic go like, you know, back and forth down, down the court with each other here. Uh, a, a strong debut from Sarah there too. Damn. All right. Uh, I, well, I guess what I have to say with uh, crystal is uh, look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Yeah, my, my top pick was Blue Ember uh, for all the reasons that Crystal said. And then for some of the reasons that uh, she also said that I didn't think of. She had a lot more numbers than I did, and it sounded a lot more impressive. But I'm definitely on Blue Ember. I uh, definitely note, note the uh, got to respect what Greg Compton's been able to do with these firsters. Also, it's a taproot baby, uh, which I think is a little bit better bred than a lot of these Arkansas bred horses that are in this race. Though, I will say, this, say the state of Arkansas breeding is getting better. My alternate was the 11 Kava at 20 to one. Uh, I am just an absolute dirty little pig boy for short leaf stables horses. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand on. So short leaf stables, they can stand all over me. Uh, they're always dangerous in Arkansas bread con uh, condition, and they really get their horses ready to run without medication better than probably anybody in the country because they are always going after that med-free bonus. And also uh, there's a little bit of word on the backside about that horse. Really? Yes, there is some whispers about Carver, so you might be on one there. It's I I love those horses. I I will I've bought blindly bet uh, short leaf horses so many times. Uh, speaking of blindly, well don't don't blindly bet, but 
We're brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is available in over 14 states, plus Ontario, Canada. Bet Rivers has some of the best live betting markets in the space. Their betting menu is second to none, including a ton of props. Depositing and withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers. My Bet Rivers play of the day, I'm going to go Mitch Trubisky under a half passing touchdowns for plus money. Sign up using our link to get a risk-free bet up to $500. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Let's get back to it. We are into the next race, uh, and it's going to be on Friday. Sarah's going to lead this off. It's the eight and a half furlong race four. Twelve and a half thousand dollar claimer. Gotta love an honest claimer. I get tired of reading conditions and trying to figure out what those mean. I love just an honest, no frills claimer. Uh, Sarah, what'd you think of this race? Who'd you who'd you pick? Uh, I picked the uh, half to twenty twenty Kentucky Derby and Breeders' Cup Classic winner, Authentic, and that is number eight Mint, who is running at a bit of a different level than his half brother, but he is a six time winner. And last win was on the fourteenth of September at Remington. He was inside speed that day, and I felt as though he really did not appreciate the muddy sealed surface last time out. But that was a race where he also wasn't in front. And I wonder if he's a horse that really does need to be forward for his best success. He was really far back, and I thought he ran well considering being out of his game. He did stock to break his maiden, so I know that he can rate somewhere in there. And it felt as though perhaps getting more of a forward position in a field like this, he could be a little bit more effective at a price. And also just kind of thought it was funny that he's a half to a horse that has done so much more than him. Yeah. Uh, One thing that I can say that is great for authentic is if there was no authentic, I would never have uh, this piece of artwork that I had commissioned. That's right. It's beautiful. The the falling Bob, the fallen Bob commemorating the time that authentic knocked Bob Baffert over in the, uh, in the uh, uh, winter circle at the Kentucky Derby. All right. I, I'll go ahead. I'll jump. Hey, I have an alternate. Oh, that's right. You do have an alternate. I'm I know sorry. I'm so excited about authentic. But... I, when I show the fallen Bob, it just wipes my hard drive, guys. I apologize for that. Let's hear your alternate, Sarah. It probably wiped his too. Uh, the 11, um, City Legend, a horse that I've seen a lot of these horses that are leaving the Deodora barn and going to Sean Williams, but he's actually a trainer. The first off the switch has some really good numbers. Um, He was a winner three starts ago at Del Mar for an $8,000 tag, but he has hit the board three or four starts at Oakland with two wins. And those three were also on a surface with some moisture in it, which he's unlikely to get on Friday. But I thought that these are some strong numbers off of this trainer switch. And at least he has an affinity for the track. So the trainer switch, that is actually uh, Robertino Diodoro's uh, assistant. Uh, ah, okay. A yeah, Dio's on a, four. Yeah, he's, Dio's on a 15-day, on a I believe, from a, a violation from last year. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's Sean Williams. He's, he's It's like a, a, a Yak Taffer or Baftine, if you will. Um, Adam Rice. Let's, yeah, yeah. I got you. I went, this is actually the chalkiest I get uh, in the entire contest. Uh, my top pick is going to be the sixth wartime hero at three to one. Uh, I like, you know, the Fordley place trip that wartime hero will get in this race. And I think that he has kind of the run style that plays well over this surface at this dis- distance. And I think that's, this will be kind of a slow, nervous pack on the front end. Uh, and I like wartime hero uh, because he's going to be keeping this pack close and 
has probably the strongest of the, you know, strongest of the average late kicks, you know, in this, this race here. And I do think that the, the run style works out with no one really wanting to go to the front. If he's got that late kick, he should be able to stay close enough to just kind of power through later. I, I I'm leaning on this one, trying to be just a little bit tactical. I, I don't think anyone's necessarily going to want to wire it. So you just end up like with a nervous amoeba of pace leading this race. And then I, I alternate, I went even chalkier with Gallerio at eight to five. Uh, I, I'm, if not wartime hero, then this is the most likely winner, I think. And uh, it's coming in off a big stop, drop, and pop move with uh, Jonas Gibson, who claimed this one out of a $40,000 optional claiming winning effort at Laurel last out. Now, now drops it into a 12-5. Not my top pick just because that drop is so dra- drastic. That's a little bit suspicious to me. But, I mean, people make their money off the stop, drop, and pop move too. So you have to keep it considered. So uh, that was it for me. Crystal, what would you think of race four? I took C Legend on top um, for all the reasons Sarah talked about as well. Um, just returns to Oakland Park where he won going away twice at this distance last meet. He loved this trip, winning or placing in six of seven attempts. He ran third at Remington Park last out behind an eight to five winner, but ahead of two next out allowance level winners there. Um, has consistent local works, including a five furlong bullet on November 20. I think he comes in here pretty sort of prime for this effort um i use the two galerio how did you say it galero galero yeah i'll also opinion. like arkansas some shit up and say it really really wrong too so don't don't go by <laughs> like you don't don't roll out saying galerio tomorrow and put that on me <laughs> blame him um yeah like you said does take maybe a suspicious drop but these connections are dropping a few in this weekend um maybe they just want to win races i think perhaps that's part of it um convincing winner last out and was claimed for 40,000 third horse in that race came back and won a stake at Gulfstream. uh barn is 30 percent first off the claim um this one's been off since the 4th of august but has consistent sharp works including two bullet drills at five furlongs in his last two works He's a seven-year-old, but 11-time winner, five times winner at the distance, and has made more than half of his half-a-million-dollar bankroll at this trip. There we go. All right. That was your alternate. Okay. We're through it? All right. Yep. Here we go. I lose. I I really should not be in charge of hosting things uh, in hindsight, I think. All right. Uh, Friday. Moving on, next race, race five, the six furlong, $115,000 maiden special weight. This is me. I'm leading this one off. Uh, my top pick here is going to be the 11, Texas Town at eight to one. Uh, what I'm chasing here is, uh, you know, uh, another angle that we are definitely uh, a little pig boy for on this show. Little pig boy comes from the dirt. He's a Weasley. We, you know it as the ass man power move. It's the Steve Asmussen, uh, you know, style of workout pattern where we're looking at two quick moves and then a slow leg stretcher. Love seeing that from this Chris Hartman first time starter. This one's by Spitestown, so should love this distance and at Oakland, you know, especially in the sprints. Uh, when the numbers get out to like 10, 12 horses into double digits, it's when the outside horses really kind of tend to wake up and go get fairly live. So I'm looking at an outside horse from uh, that might surprise as a firster. It was an expensive purchase out of a productive mare. That's two for two dropping winners. And one of which was a winner at two years old. So we got a little history of precocity there. 
Uh, my alternate, I'm going with the six World Fair at 10 to 1. Uh, World Fair is owned by the man that owns the track, Louis Sella. You can't tell me that Ron Mockwit is not is not pretty uh, geared up to try to win this race in front of the big boss man at, you know, the place that he owns. So I, I think there's a, a good chance that this one could uh, maybe do do a little damage on opening day. Uh, flash some speed early uh, in its last try. And I really like seeing uh, Bay Hirano up here. So I was uh, Texas Town was my top pick, the 11. And then my alternate was the six World Fair. Uh, Crystal, what did you think of this one? Um, I went with the seven here, Melt With You, five to one for Mac Robertson and Gallardo. Uh, this horse's race day experience got back and made ground on the inside on debut. Uh, Mac Robertson is 20% second time out, and his jock uh, gallops everything as well. So he knows these horses really, really well, which I think is always kind of advantageous with two-year-olds and has um, two nice local works, comes in fit, uh, was at uh, Delaware over the summer, which is a sort of heavy, tiring track, so should have a good fitness foundation. Uh, the 10 horse, I used second, crushed it for Brad Cox and Schwan at 5-2 to two on the morning line. Not much to say. Cox Fine is outstanding with first-timers and two-year-olds, winning at 27 and 28% respectively. As sharp, consistent works. I like the three solid five furlong drills and also has a few sharp gate drills. Dialed in is throwing 13% juvenile debut winners, and he's out of a multiple stakes winning mare who has one other fall to the races who is a winner also. Yeah, it's that time of year uh, where on the show you'll you'll get to hear it. I don't know why I have to say it with a Boston accent for some reason, but whenever I talk about Brad Cox, it's it's definitely the season of the of the hot Cox. Uh, cause he is usually out here winning everything that isn't nailed down the first few weeks of the, uh, of the meet. Sarah, what did you think of race five? Uh, this is the race is, which is the reason why I asked if I could use an also eligible. Okay. And okay. <laughs> I don't really know how to pronounce his name. Guarani. I'm going to go with Guarani. Yeah, sure. The number 13, a full sibling to Switzerland, who is a horse that has 2 million plus in career earnings. Most recently second in the 2023 uh, Dubai Golden Sheehan to Sibelius, but actually won that race last year. A horse that did start out in the U.S. before going over and running overseas. Um, the dam was checkers and I can hear. Trevor Denman sang checkers in my ear from like 2011 uh, forever ago. Another sibling actually ran second to Gunrunner in his dirt debut. I mean, this is a decent family. Got Steve Asmussen. If this horse gets in, I felt was worth taking a shot with and using if there was just one scratch to possibly get this one in the field. Uh, but if not, I actually like my alternate enough that if I am stuck with him, I won't complain. And that's the number two, Major Mac, who is an Omaha Beach first-time starter. Uh, decent works, $95,000 purchase uh, out of Fastic Tipton May sale. And I actually really like this workout. He was still a little bit green. He kind of went wide, but I really like the stride on this horse and thought that he wasn't asked to do too much within this work, worked in 10 and three. And that was a decent amount to pay for a horse who did not work overly quickly. The Omaha beaches are firing. He is going out with his two-year-old first-time starter. He's 27% so far. And... I felt as though this was a horse that could be live first time out with a dam who also won her debut. Man. So it looks like everyone kind of keyed in on, on some sort of first time or somewhere. Um, sorry for your luck horses that have run before. 
All right. Real quick, before we get any deeper into this tournament, got to get another word in from our friends. And this time I'm talking about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. We have a way for you to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. My favorite underdog pick them for today's show, listen, and the Steelers and, and Patriots game tonight, just every lower. Just take every lower. There's not going to be any offense in that game. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. We sign up with the promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And we're brought to you by the Game Time app. You don't need tickets to get into glorious Oakland Park. But if you did and you needed them last minute, you could probably find them on the Game Time app where they've got all sorts of last minute flash deals. You can see images from the seats that you uh, that you plan on buying. And they have the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and also job loss protection i don't even know what the hell that is but it sounds pretty official makes me want to use the game time app that feels like i don't have to worry about anything so forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event buy your tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set snag the tickets without the stress with game time game time tickets make the perfect holiday gift download the game time app create an account and use code cfbx for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code cfbx for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and last but not least we are of course brought to you by the good nerds of hall of fame bets who want you to win bigger by betting smarter this nfl season with hall of fame bets the sports betting analytics platform for parlays player props and game lines Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay ID into Hall of Fame Bet's revolutionary parlay optimizer tool. Get hit rates broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets and oh, and scene. Say this, say go DJ, I play the music out of courtesy so no one has to hear me just like ferociously gulp down water uh, after after doing the uh, the ad reads. All right, moving on. Race seven, six furlongs, $140,000. That's a healthy purse. Non-winners of one something. I'm not your condition readers. Folks, read your own conditions. I'm not here to read your conditions for you. Uh, Crystal, it is back to you to lead off on this sprint race. What did you think of this one? Well, I took the three horse on top here, Honey Run. Um, she's better at two turns, but comes in fresh here. Uh, we'll get back early and come running late, I think. I'm a little concerned there won't be quite enough pace in here for in here for her to run at. Um, but if they do clip along early, I think this horse will have plenty of run late. We've got plenty of time to get home here at Oakland. It's a super long stretch run. Uh, she's not always the best gate horse. Lightly raced this year. Uh, we're just two out. Gets just over a month between runs, which has been a winning formula for her before. Chris Hartman is 23% with horses off this length of respite and is 21 two off 180 days also. So knows how to have these horses ready to fire fresh. Chris Landeros is very patient, very tactical rider. I think he fits this horse well. 
over raced a little uh, early last time out. Um, hopefully can settle a little better early with a journeyman rider on this time. Did now, excuse me, did you say days of respice earlier? Because if so, that sounds so much cooler than anything that I say in the English language, and I'm planning on stealing it from you just to sound more <laughs> more worldly. Honestly, that was I, that. I stole it off Brad Thomas. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, then, then I'm just perpetuating a cycle, and I'm completely cool with that. Uh, yeah. Sarah, what did you think? Six furlongs, one hundred fourteen thousand dollar allowance. What did you think of this race? Oh, uh, I think that that sounds way better than awful layoff, uh, to be honest. But Crystal still has an alternate, and I'm not. That's going true. To help That's true. I'm getting. It. I'm telling you guys, I'm bad at this whole thing. Uh, it's okay, I'm here to help. Yeah, Crystal, what was your alternate? My bad. Uh, I used the five fashion rage as my second choice. Um, I thought this horse had every chance last time out. Does love this trip though as a two-time winner at it. Ran a career best eighty by a two back when second by a head at Alice. Nothing out of that race has gone on to do anything, though. Pace scenario seems to suit. Uh, this horse likes to race just off the pace. I just kind of think that that morning line of two to one, that this horse is going to be a bit too short. Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you on that. I, I think I actually, I'll go spoiler. I ended up on the same alternate there. Uh, Sarah, what do you think? I also have the same alternate, but my top pick, is probably my best bet of the entire opening day card. And I don't think that we're going to get 10 to one on this horse, but the number eight, you little vixen comes out of a race that somewhere, someone that I work with that I hold very near and dear to my heart, whose name I won't name is going to scream when I say this, but comes out of a key race, a true key race where everybody that has exited that race has come back to improve in some way. And that was an N1X level allowance at Keeneland. A seed was the winner of that race, a horse that had run into the likes of red carpet ready, money's gold, pretty mischievous. Uh, and it's fair if she just can't compete at that level. She showed some pretty good stocking speed in there before fading. The second place horse came back to win and improve. The third place horse ran the same number, went third to the second place horse on November 10th. Dear Lady returned to improve, stretching out, and then won her subsequent start. Rarify improved next out and off the turf race. Mucho Macho Girl just won with an 86 buyer, uh, who's hoist the gold's little sister, who now I have to follow for forever. And even Little Blaze improved in that same off the turf race. Uh, even the horse who was last came back with a second and off the turf race improved. So I thought that this one with the lack of speed in this race and getting some class relief could possibly take them gate to wire. And then my alternate is the same as yours. Just seems like a horse that is the class of this field and is also getting a little bit of class relief, just facing better. Last time with the likes of Altered Shot, who is a seven-time winner, and even Dealing Justice, who was second. She's a four-time winner. Uh, she's run into Altered Shot in her last couple and seemed like she was a little bit uncomfy in between horses early on in there. Um, she got clear, made a decent enough run, and just seems like she could take another step forward now second off the break. I, that's, I think you have an amazing opinion there. I love the game. I love the hustle, man. I love that we're thinking alike here, actually, because uh, my top pick is the eight, you little vixen, to 10 to one. And my alternate is Fashion Rage. Uh, people covered the horse better than I possibly would have. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next one. Friday, A race nine. Little stat there on, on uh, you little vixen, that key race that Sarah alluded to. They mm -hmm. ran a second quicker than the allowance division that day as well. So that was a super good win, super tough race. 
Nice. A true a Cuban fun... fact. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a fun fact about you, little vixen. It was my nickname in high school. There lies. you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that is, those are most definitely lies. Um, here we go. The Advent Stakes, five and a half furlongs, race nine. The last race on the Friday card for us in our competition. Sarah, you're leading off the Advent. Uh, what did you think here? I thought this was a really good little five and a half furlong sprint race. Yeah, I think that this is a much tougher looking race than it seemed to appear on paper for last year's version where uh, it was all Tyler's tribe or nothing who didn't end up winning. But I thought this one seemed a little bit more wide open. Uh, I went to a horse that I think could be picking up some pieces late, and that's the number seven, Andy's Candy, because it seems like there's quite a bit of speed signed on in here. Uh, this was a horse that debuted versus Stretch Ride, who won his next start with an 87 buyer before finishing third in the Kentucky Jockey Club. The horse who was second, he returned to win, uh, and then he was second in the Ed Brown. Uh, Nyquist frequency also improved, went second to Arab Defiance, and he was able to get the win last out for a tag going the six furlongs, but it was a decent price tag. I mean, $75,000. He was always kind of caught wide, closed from out of it, and with an honest pace in there, I thought he might get a similar setup in here with the honest pace. So I wish that the stats for Chris Hartman were a little bit better with his two-year-old winners. The last out, um, he's only one for 17 over the past five years. But I thought that this one could possibly at least get a piece of things. And then for my alternate, I went to um, a little bit of a prize in the other Steve Asmussen trainee and Bye Bye Liam, who handled his dirt debut just fine, winning at a huge price. Uh, he'll have to handle a track that isn't a sloppy sealed surface or the turf. Um, but I thought that he stocked, took some decent kickback in there. Um, there was decent pace, but it's not like it was totally falling apart and coming back to him. So I wish that there was a little bit more data to evaluate the horses exiting that race and just how good it might have been. But he's going to be a much better price than Valentine Candy. All right, well, it's on me here. And uh, my top pick uh, is actually Sarah's alternate, Bye Bye Liam, at 10 to 1. Uh, I, I thought that, you know, horses coming out of a wider post that can make a closing move up the tractor trail here are going to have a really good shot, uh, especially if I get uh, that classic Oaklawn rail and trail bias where I get a hot rail path, I get a hot tractor trail path, and it's just kind of a little bit dead in the middle. Uh, naturally, this horse is going to be coming wide through that slingshot out of the turn. Uh Asmussen gets his son Keith up for this one. Typically, that's a fade for me, quite honestly. Uh, you know who does not believe in nepotism? It is Steve Asmussen, apparently, because of the, the horses that he puts his son Keith on. Uh, usually not. Usually it's like, all right, Keith, guy guess. Like, here's the jalopy you can take out for a spin, kid. Um, but he moved this horse up quite a bit uh, over the, in his last start. Uh, even did better with the horse than Ricardo Santana Jr. did. So I kind of like sticking with that. And my alternate, the seven, Andy Scandy at 12 to one. Yeah, it's another one that's shown that it can make that closing move. It's, you know, also wide in the field a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's out of the Chris Hartman barn. You know, if my initial pick scratches out, I still get a quality horse here with with Andy Candy and, and uh, you know, some, some good prices. So, uh, hopefully... We haven't just mushed both of these prices, uh, Sarah, but we'll see. Crystal, what did you think of the advent? I think we're all uh, on a similar page. I took Andy's candy on top. Um, all the reasons Sarah just mentioned, I thought 
take a little shot here. 12 to 1 on the morning line. Uh, his win at Keeneland was just super impressive to me. Uh, he was almost out in the middle of the track from the half mile. Made a super long, sustained run. Was probably going to be a nice rat horse last year. Next year, I think, off that effort. Uh, I just love the grit that he showed in that Keeneland win. I know it was for a tag, but you don't see babies knuckle down hard like that very often when there's that green. So I thought that was a super impressive effort. Um, Chris Hartman has really good stats with two-year-olds in stakes. He's got a 33% strike rate. He won this uh, race two years ago with Kavod, who also had come out of a claiming race and has gone on, went on to be a stakes horse. So maybe a little bit of um, history there for Hartman in that race. And then the 10, I'm going to use Valentine Candy as my ultimate. I think he looks tough in here. One on debut at Saratoga, ran back in the grade one hopeful, got knocked around a little there, had maybe a bit of an ugly trip. Does run his best races up in front out of trouble, which I'm worried he's not going to get here with the potential scenario. But if he leaves alertly and was to cross and dictate terms, I think he'll be hard to run down. Ran third in the Bowman at Keeneland behind unbeaten Glengarry. Uh, that's a horse that there's a bit of hype around at the moment. Um, the horse that ran fourth in that race also has come back and won a stake at Canberra. So not going to get a price, but I thought I had to use him somewhere in there. Okay. I like it. I like it quite a bit. Um, I like that we're all essentially on, even if one horse doesn't match, it still has part of the other horse's name uh in it too which was a, just yeah, a happy accident yeah <laughs> candy's dandy in race nine the advent stakes uh that's our last one for friday moving on it is race six in our tournament which is race one on saturday the eight and a half furlong thirty thousand dollar claimer i'm leading off here and i've got a price let me see this might be my I think it's either tied. Yeah, it's either tied or is my biggest price uh, on on the ticket here, and it's it's going to be the one Chapel Barn. Uh, Tammy Hornsby has this Arky bred in open competition after running well against similar at Delta Downs last out. Uh, this one is almost purely a, p- a pace play for me, with a smidge of pedigree de- delicately swirled in a little bit. I think that this horse will be lone early speed. And I feel pretty certain about that, uh, you know, that the tactics were decided for this one at the post draw. Uh, you know, I love Kylie Jordan and I hope she can rec- replicate her her 2022 opening day where she absolutely went off uh, and maybe gets loose on the lead here with uh, Chapel Barn at a at a really big price. Uh, and my alternate's going to be the two WW crazy at seven to two, because basically if my horse is out, then this is the speed and speed and the, and the horse to play. So I'm leaning into hopefully getting Chapel Barn, catching a flyer at the rail, and taking this field gate to wire. Uh, Crystal, uh, what did you think of race one on Saturday? Um, just a note: I handicapped these races for Saturday before the morning line came out, so I maybe have some wild opinions here. I'm not quite sure. But... <laughs> I I did too. Like I I did it all without the without the morning line, and then yeah. just got verification right before. So we're we're all in the same boat, I think. <laughs> no we one still... knows who makes. No, it no, no one knows who. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. It turned, it might, yeah, we you have to you have to answer a trolls riddles three to to figure out who who makes the the morning line. It turns out, um, yeah. What what Crystal? You're, this is a safe place. You're in the trust tree here. Don't don't worry. What what do you have? Uh, I went with the two WW crazy on top. I thought um, this was covered ground last time out. Went third for the forty thousand dollar tag at Churchill. 
stuck on quite bravely there. I thought, yet to win at this trip. However, that last effort does make me think that he is capable of getting this trip. Comes here for a super high percentage barn in Scott Becker, who is 26% on the year so far. Had 48 days between runs last out and second up off that length of rest versus a 28% angle for Becker. Ran the highest last buyer in here for an 80 and gets a little class relief as well. The 8 I used as my alternate great heart. Uh, one here at a similar level and this trip last meet. Comes here of a solid effort at the allowance optional claiming $50,000 level last out. Posted a 79 buyer there. Get some class relief here, obviously. Loves Oakland Park with two wins and five placings from eight starts here. Dan Ward is doing a stellar job since taking over the reins uh, for some of those horses from Jerry Hollendorfer with an 18% strike rate right now. You know, I'm... I'm going to be honest, I, I stopped paying attention a little bit through because I started thinking of what I could do to make days of respite my own, like how how I'll, I'll handle this. Like uh, and I was thinking maybe like I could say uh, uh, instead of days of race, like days kicking it like, uh, you know, chilling. Yeah, it, it wasn't all that. The horse was just, you know, 30 days just kicking it, you know, um, but I'm sure it was a good pick. I will say that. I I I I feel like you know you you're good enough to police yourself. I know it was a good pick. I don't have to, you know. I didn't have to necessarily hear the second part. All right, Sarah. <laughs> What'd you think? I think lots of things. Um, Mystery Mo, the number six, is where I'm going here. Who? He's a consistent type. The buyers, they're not exactly trending in the right direction, but they're not really falling off the page either. And the four-horse field he was in last out at Delaware had a winner in there who was exit right. And while he didn't run great the other day at Aqueduct versus the New York Reds on the 3rd of December, he did win following his win at Delaware. He came right back to win at Parks. Slight improvement in there. He's a 17-time winner, and three races ago – Mystery Mo was running into another old timer warhorse type for the Nest Barn, a 28 time winner and earner of 750,000 plus, and that's Severe, who he actually was favored over him when finishing second. So he's finally getting away from the Loch Ness monsters and, and dropping in class a little bit here. And I just thought, with that little bit of relief and the consistency that he's shown, he could fit in here. And then for my alternate, I went to uh, Crystal's topic and the number two, WW Crazy. Uh, another one just makes a lot of sense in terms of where he's in for class level. Uh, slight drop from the $40,000 tag last out at Churchill and actually ran pretty well in there to finish third on the 10th of November. Uh, at Oaklawn Park in Routes. This is a trainer that has good numbers, 22%, $2.70 ROI past five years. So that's why I wanted as my second choice. All right, here we go. On to race two, Saturday, six furlongs, 115,000, another Archie Bread made special weight. Crystal, you are leading this one off. All right. Um, I took the 11 horse here, Polis Bolus. Uh, also had some race day experience. Seemed like the penny dropped uh, last time out a little. Finished ahead of a next out winner in last effort, and two next start winners came out of his race two back, including awesome Ruda, who ran second in a hundred thousand dollar stake after his maiden victory. Barn has good stats uh, with new faces, twenty five percent strike rate there. Has three solid works, including two uh, sharp five furlong drills, and is out of a multiple stakes winning mare. 
with four, I'm going to use my alternate. Again, has some race day experience. With fourth, beaten three lengths in a restricted uh, stake at Prairie Meadows. Should be better for that experience. And Lynn Shelbord, Shelbord uh, the barn has a 14% strike rate in state bred competition. I, I'm so terrible with pronouncing that last name like that. I don't have dyslexia, but the last name I, I've always said like Schleberad and I know I'm wrong. And I, that's the best part is I know I'm absolutely <laughs> wrong, but I, I feel like in my heart, at least I'm giving it the old college try whenever I say it like that. All right, Sarah, what'd you think? Uh, I'm going with a horse with experience in here for you mentioned Kylie Jordan having an awesome opening weekend last year. Uh, I'm hoping that this horse might float up a little bit in the number four secret strategy. This is start number three, a horse that's run twice this summer at Prairie Meadows, including a fourth in a stakes race. It was one of those Iowa stallion preturities, 47 to one that day. This horse was nowhere early has not shown any early speed in either start and really didn't break all that well uh last time out and was second to last while the winner was the one that was setting the pace so this horse was flying late to get onto the screen and finish fourth this is not a trainer that has a high win percentage at oaklawn but thought this one could be a little bit sneaky with that experience and having that time off since july to possibly grow and develop a little bit and then for my alternate here I just went to the logical one who has the experience and, and the right kind of numbers and crystals pick as well with the number 11 holus bolus towards the outside. All right. I, I, this is where we finally two two paths in a snowy wood. They, they diverge <laughs> now. Uh, my top pick here is going to be the three devil's fork. Uh, Kind of like a cop working the road who, who apparently, ha- yeah, apparently, you know, like Kava who has some, some uh, steam behind him as crystal was saying, I, I, I've got my short leaf stable horse, man. Uh, I they do the best with Arkansas breads. I, I really like double Irish when it comes to Arkansas bread, uh, you know, Arkansas bread pedigree. Uh, and I honestly think that their horses run better without Lasix than 90% of the Arky breads and the Arky bread division. And I also think they're really dangerous just kind of playing playing chess instead of checkers as you're going forward. Whatever they do finally put the Lasix on, watch out. Those horses are really live. Um my alternate, I'm going with the 10, all green lights at 15 to 1. If my inside horse there doubles fork scratches, uh it's likely a muddy track and I like the mud pedigree on all the green lights being by a sharp sharp ass Tekka out of an APND mayor. Uh, it's another one that's out of a productive mayor and Henry Prather here is, is sneakily does pretty well with the, in the Arky bread ranks. Uh, I really like him whenever he pairs up with Ricardo Santana jr. Unfortunately, I don't get that today, but I do get Isaac Castillo up. Uh, really like the, uh, you know, gate work coming into this two back. Uh, it just seems like it'd be a, a, a horse that could make a lot of noise if you look just at the pedigree. Um, so those, those were my two picks for, that second race on Saturday. Um, we're on to the Ring the Bell Stakes. Sarah's leading this one off, the six furlong $150,000 Ring the Bell Stakes. Uh, this is another really solid little race uh, for, for a $150,000 stakes race. What did you think here, Sarah? 
Oh, this is one of my more boring selections. Uh, I went to the six, Tejano Twist, who's uh, your morning line favorite at eight to five in here and just has the better numbers than a lot of the company that he's going to be facing. And even if he doesn't run back exactly that one-on-one buyer speed figure that he got last time out, getting the win at Churchill Downs, he has plenty of numbers that are all within that range. He's hit the hundreds before. He runs very well at Oakland, having hit the board and all four starts there. And he's just been facing some tough horses. I mean, running into Cody's Wish, Gunnite a couple of times, uh, Bango, and then ultimately able to defeat him, who is one of those Churchill Down specialists. I just did not have a super clever opinion outside of him. But I will say for my alternate, I really don't trust Rivet. So I went to uh, kind of a wild card, cutting back a little bit more in distance. And that's the number eight, Cotto River who was in really good form around this time last year when he was running for the Brad Cox barn and has run well for the coach too. It wasn't as though he just kind of fell apart completely after switching over to a new trainer. Another one that has run very well at Oakland in the past. He'll probably be a little bit further off of things as he continues to cut back in distance, a horse that could be more forwardly placed when going around of ground. And I think that that was really his weapon to control slow paces and be able to succeed. But I think he's going to have to show a little bit more versatility, not that he's not capable of doing it. And he's going to be a gigantic price uh, in comparison to a horse who I just don't really trust, who will be your favorite if Tejano Swiss for some reason scratches. I'm kind of glad that you said Catter River because that was a horse that I have for, I feel like a couple of years now, lobbied for them to just race it at a mile and shorter. I feel like they kept trying to force Catter River to stretch out and it just never quite responded well they and then they also tried to change tactics like let, let's see what this horse can do trying to burn it out on the front end i didn't i didn't use the horse but at the same time i i really do like that pick the more that i look at it the more i heard you talk about it so well i didn't i think he's kind of slow and they were getting away with controlling really slow paces and that's why he worked out doing what he did uh, i honestly have never really liked this horse but he's yeah. doing something new and he's faced good company in the past all right, I, I let me give you my top pick here. Uh, you know what? I didn't go with Tejano Twist. I went with Necker Island because I think that Necker Island isn't really that much different from Tejano Twist, quite honestly. They feel almost like the same horse, and either could benefit from the pace setup. So if that's the case, then give me Necker Island. You know, without having to play pay a premium, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting a pretty good deal here on Necker Island with that odds of eight to one. Of course, they could probably come down. Uh, but uh, I, I definitely want Necker Island for a pr price versus trying to cheer home that Tejano twist at, at seven to five, six to five. And my alternate, of course, will be Tejano twist because I think they're the same horse. So if I think that Necker Island is good enough to win. The Tejano twist, obviously, as the exact same horse, also good enough to win. Uh, but the price wasn't there. And it's pretty much a price play and a uh, really just laziness in picking alternate. Just leaning into the chalk like a chalk eating weasel person. All right. Uh, Crystal, what'd you think of the ring the bell? Uh, yeah, look, similar opinions. I uh, didn't get super imaginative here. I did take uh, Rivet on top, uh, mainly because he's a two-time winner in the wet. We're supposed to get just over half an inch of rain today. So I thought maybe he, uh, he'll take to the surface. He won three stakes in a row this summer um, before he stumbled quite bad at the break the Amsterdam he was then at Charlestown and Parks which in my experience they're really tough tracks to ship in and win at 
Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and forgive him for those efforts there. He was sandwiched badly at the break in the Steel Valley Sprint at Mahoning uh, last time out. Made up a lot of ground that day on a track that was really favoring leaders. I went back and watched all the replays and pretty much everything won on the front end that day. So that adds a little bit more merit to that effort. Under only mild urging as well. I think um, Keith only used it once down the whole stretch and the horse really was just knuckling down looking for the wire there. Has one easy local work just to stretch his legs, and he loves Oakland Park. He's a three-time winner here from four outs, and also a five-times winner at this trip. And then Tejano Twist is my second choice for everything you guys have mentioned. Uh, Mile ahead, the horse that ran second to him last time out. Uh oh, are you guys still there? Yeah, we got you. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was just sitting remarkably still because I was uh, enthralled <laughs> with the uh, with the race breakdown. Um, okay, I can't. If if you can hear me, that's all good. Um, so <laughs> miles ahead, uh, the horse that ran second to him when he won last time out came back and won the Thanksgiving Stakes at Fairground. As you guys have said, I think the pace uh, scenario sets up favorably for him. Um, I think this horse is obviously very tough in this race. I only use him as he's not won on a wet track yet. Uh, if he gets a hold of the surface or it's not as wet as predicted, as said, he's going to be very, very salty in this group. All right. Now, hitting the big, I guess, the feature stakes race, Saturday, race nine, eight furlongs, $150,000 mistletoe stakes. I'm leading this one off. Uh, my top pick is going to be the four lovely ride. Uh, uh, a Sean Williams, which is actually a, a Robertino Diodoro uh, in disguise in disguise. Uh, so I, I know exactly what I'm getting with lovely ride. I I've seen this horse race at Oakland and what I'm going to get is a top effort every single time out of this horse. She absolutely runs her eyeballs out every single time. And I've seen her win races just on guts. Uh, if this one comes up wet, then I definitely want this horse in the front and maybe try to wire, wire this field on a sloppy sealed surface. Uh, you know, what's a better way to win the mistletoe stakes in the slop than with the horse that won the mistletoe stakes in the slop last year? So I'm taking a lovely ride. Uh, friend of the show, John Holloman, who was on last week. This is one of his horses. Uh, and I will tell you, uh, back when I was doing tip sheets, there were times that I'd picked against Lovely Ride, and Tim would text me. He'd be like, "Hey, John's upset you didn't pick his horse. He really, th I think, you know, you really made a mistake. This horse is going to win." And he dunked on me completely, like two times in a row. And uh, I, I, so I've become a believer. I'm all in on Lovely Ride. And then I'm gonna use the alternate, who I was really high on in the Go for Wand Stakes uh, on Cigar Mile Day. Uh, uh, at six to one, I kind of wonder, knowing what the weather was going to be at Aqueduct, if they were trying to run away from the weather, and maybe we end up seeing saddle up Jesse Scratch yet again. But we'll see, we'll see. And I think that this is a, a, a you know a, a a good spot where you know if a if the track will allow a closer to actually get there, that it's going to be a great spot for saddle up Jesse to run into a pace late. So. I'm going for Lovely Ride and the five Saddle Up Jesse as my alternate. Sarah, what'd you think? Uh, we finally agree is what I think. And I'm shocked that you didn't take Saddle Up Jesse on top because I remember you really liked her at Aqueduct. So she's yep. upset with you, but it's okay. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, all the things that you said about Lovely Rare just make a lot of sense. It really does seem like they target this Oaklawn meat. You have, I love the winners of stakes races in the past coming in at prices and being the stakes winner another year in a row. She certainly appreciates Oaklawn, and I felt as though she was coming in on fairly similar form as she did around this time last year because it seems like this is what they target. This is where they want to be to win these types of races. So uh, I like her quite a bit as well. And then my alternate is actually the number seven effortlessly elegant for the Norm Cassie barn, a horse that they seemed pretty high on around this time last year to try on the Kentucky Oaks Trail. It didn't quite work out, but she faced some good ones at that time in horses like wet paint um, and, and then trying the Ashland. Again, it didn't work out. Now she's had a race off the layoff and a little bit of a bobble at the start, not a ton of excuses, but maybe just needed one to get back and ready to roll. And second off a layoff, it's a really small sample size for a time frame like this for Norm Cassie. Um, but he is three for 13. So they come back running and he's 69% in the money while doing so. And this one's going to be a big price. I like that they're still kind of ambitious with her. They're not just keeping her uh, in an allowance type of race and they're still aiming for the stakes. Chase, are you there? <laughs> He's out. We lost him. <laughs> he says he'll be back in a second. <laughs> oh, really? I guess. I couldn't tell if he's frozen or if he was just playing around. I know, right? It's hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is there any slightly swaying? Right, yeah. Is he just like waiting for someone else to say something? <laughs> Oh my god. He's like, finish up your thought. I'm like, I already did. <laughs> yeah, I already got it. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, I'm done. We're waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. Should I just carry on? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, Who do you I, like? <laughs> oh, well, seeing as it's the Sarah and Crystal show now. As it uh, should be. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I went with the five in here. Saddle up Jesse. Um, Comes here in a solid vein of form. Has shown up in all six of her outs this year. Brittany Russell is very astute. Uh, I don't think that she'd ship this filly here if she wasn't confident in her abilities. She was a trainer scratch at Aqueduct December 2nd from a grade three to run here. She's posting competitive buyers. Has won at a mile on the 16th, so I don't think the trip here is a concern. My main selling point here is her versatile running style uh she's happy to take a sit and i think the race flow will set up perfectly for a late closer untried on wet ground however she is by more than ready whose progeny have above average stats on wet ground with a 14 percent strike rate hasn't faced foes this tough yet but it has earned her a chance here and needs to be respected on connections alone Brittany russell is 25 percent on the year and 18 percent in stakes competition and then I'm going to be maybe a little boring with my second choice. I went with the morning line favorite, the 10 Ice Orchard for the John Ortiz in Ricardo Santana. Ran some really solid numbers this summer, including a second in stakes company at Prairie Meadows, another one with a versatile running style that will benefit from predicted uh, quick early fractions. Likes Oaklawn having a win and a string of minors here. Hasn't won at the mile distance, but again is a winner at a mile and a 16th. Multiple grade three placed connections boast a 14% strike rate in stakes contests and jockey and trainer have an 18% strike rate together. I think she's going to be very tough to beat in here, but probably just a little short. 
I appreciate the fact that while I was having an attack of Arkansas internet, that you guys uh, were able to operate so smoothly uh, with, without me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, it's only a matter of time until the world finds that out. That's not a problem. Um, oh, all right. <laughs> That's every everyone has gave our gave our picks for the for the mistletoe. Here here it is the the very last leg of our of our tournament, and it's going to be the last race on Saturday. Hopefully by this time we've accumulated enough money to have the sort of generational wealth to say things like this. Hey, 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 don't rub on that. You block that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000 alpaca. You block that shit. You don't rub on Put the club soda on there. Put that club soda on my alpaca money. That's Denzel teaches you. That's how you talk to the help right there. All right. Let's talk about race 10, six for $140,000. Uh, not winners of one something. I'm not, you're, you're the help. I'm not your condition reader. Uh, Crystal, you're leading off here. You are the alpha and in this case, the, the Omega, uh, bringing it home. What'd you think? Uh, well, I thought it was fitting to use, uh, the 12 horse here, Spen Benjamin's on top for the, uh, finale winner at this trip and at Oakland. Big effort at the allowance level at Churchill last time out. Broke slow, covered ground uh, to be beat just a length and three quarters. The out before that, although only a starter 10 was really solid. They ran two seconds quicker than the maiden race that day, but was also only two-fifths of a second slower than the state's horses the same day over the same trip. Earned a 92 buyer there. Comes here fit 12 days between runs. Has one off short respite before. And the nine, I'm going to use as my alternate affable monarch. Uh, hasn't ran this short since winning on debut. Comes here fresh, though. And the last work, little sharp 35. Makes me think that Dan Ward has this horse sharp and ready to fire fresh. Uh, as we said earlier, Dan Ward is doing, having a great season with excellent record with new acquisitions with a 25% strike rate. All right. Uh, Sarah. You ready? What do you oh, got? I'm ready. Um, kind of like how I closed things out with that one win that I had in this contest. I oh, haven't. Fuck. Oh, oh, fuck <laughs> you with all that, all that noise. It's not my Please. fault that horse floated up to an insane price. Jesus um, Christ. You're savage. Oh, good. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going with Hey Eugene, the number eight from Mike Maker, a horse that actually ran once upon a time in New York on the turf in an absolute bog at Belmont in the, uh, the Paradise Creek. But he, on debut, is a horse that was second to Rivet, um, and we know what Rivet's gone on to do. And he's going to be a super short price in the stakes earlier. Hey Eugene came right back to win at Oaklawn, sprinting seven furlongs, and stepping outside of the restricted company. And while he hasn't had quite the same numbers since then, he is a horse that had a pretty nice win streak against kind of inferior company. Um, and his last race, it wasn't great. But at the same time, if he can sort of get back to that form that he once had, uh, either at Oakland or even when he was just on that win streak not too many races ago, I really kind of doubt that he's going to be 30 to 1 for a horse that. Uh, people like wins. They like seeing the wins on the page. I think everybody's going to see the Oakland success. I think they're going to see Rivet in the past performances. And he might get that down a little bit, even though the absolute most recent form is not all that great. So 
I'm swinging with Hey Eugene. And then my alternate is Ben Benjamins uh, for everything that Crystal said, just a really consistent type running better numbers than a lot of this field lately and he's just been good on all three surfaces and all different sorts of barns he can be a little bit tactical just have a lot of respect for this type of horse at this level so uh if for some reason hey eugene's not playing i want spend benjamins so uh, i mean apparently we all like spend the benjamins hide the money y'all there's poor people around <laughs> with your broke ass yeah, it's my top pick, Spin Benjamins. As I've already said, this is kind of my my wily old Oakland vet angle is that when these field sizes get this large into the double digits, the 10, the 11, 12 field sizes, I really like horses that can make this move up the middle of the track from the outside. And they just kind of fall into it naturally whenever they draw these wide, uh, these wide posts. So this one's third off the layoff, could take another step forward. Uh, everyone else's song is praises, so I won't go too deep. And then my alternate was the three St. Andrews at 20 to one. Uh, I do love betting first time geldings. That is most definitely a dirty little pig boy angle, uh, with, uh, St. Andrews. It's what I like to see is that coming back from having the, uh, the ball ectomy, as I like to call it, the workouts are consistent. It looks like the it did what it was supposed to, and the horse is a lot more focused working out going into the race. So uh, use St. Andrews as my uh, as my alternate twenty to one. But I'll tell you what, uh, I was also uh, I had to do uh, the doubling down show with Colin uh, Sheehan uh, last night, and I was also on Affable Monarch and and using my double. I used the three nine twelve. It was it was hard for me to turn down that other uh, gelding, especially coming from a, a wider uh, pick. So. I, I think you could be onto one with Affable Monarch. I think St. Andrews is another one that could be on. It's just tradition that crazy shit will happen in the last race at, at Oaklawn Park, and it will pay multiple escalades for the late pick five. Like, it's just kind of, you know, it's just run to the middle here. It's just what we do. Um, guys, that's it. You've, you've made it through the meat grinder, the AAA meat grinder here. Um <laughs> We will pit, post the the picks that we did for the show on Twitter. Uh, I'll, I'll keep up with the scoring live this time. Uh, hey, if you're listening, play along. Uh, make your picks. Tag me at of Oaklawn or the show at Notorious underscore OTB, and I'll track the scores. We'll shout out anyone who does the damn thing and picks winners. Uh, shout them out on the show. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to be talking to the boy Andrew Champagne to talk about the Oaklawn late pick five for Saturday. But first, uh, Sarah, anything you want to shout out before we get out of here that you got going on? Uh, yes. For this upcoming Oaklawn meet, we are doing a new and exciting cross country pick five that focuses in on the aqueduct races as well as what's going on at Oaklawn. If you tune into America's Day at the races on Friday, tomorrow, as of this recording, uh, I will have a ticket up. Uh, I'm singling. Uh, you little vixen. So uh, that horse is one that I'm really high on in there, but I'm excited to kick off this wager. It should be a lot of fun and it should pay well, because as you said, a lot of these multi-race wagers at Oaklawn, they can be kind of hectic and crazy. And as we've seen with a lot of the winter racing at Aqueduct, we've had a lot of big prices. So certainly could be looking at some very live payouts within those sequences. All right. Uh, Crystal, you anything you want to call out that you got going on at the uh, track this week? Uh, not same thing. We're uh, all pretty hyped about the uh, cross country pick five. Uh, I'm going to be doing it on Sundays. So uh, no ticket from me this week, but I'm going to have a, have a crack at it next week. 
There we go. There we go. That's going to be fun. And I think what on Saturday, don't they have like turn back the clock day where it's like you get a, a whole ass sandwich for like for a dime. And am I wrong? No, what kind of, but like it gets better. You get two, two corned beef sandwiches and a soda for a dollar. For wow. a buck. Yeah. Yeah. That'd and be, the, that's worth the, the fight. Only- Right. And the only thing that is better than that is when the old Turfway Park had dollar beer and dollar dogs on a Friday night. <laughs> that's just that's just dangerous. That's just like you can walk in with <laughs> walk in with beer. Oh God. You can walk in with thirty dollars <laughs> and then and then walk out uh with a public intox uh pretty easy with that one, I think. Um yeah, I love the dude, they will sell out the like all the corned beef in the central Arkansas area. There's a, a dearth <sighs> of corned beef after they have this event on turn back the clock day but it's a good price you take get out to oakland park take the kids down there uh it's it's a fun time uh so i will see you tomorrow to these ladies thank you so much for joining you're always welcome here on the notorious otv and if you keep coming back uh you accumulate uh punches in your card and eventually get like a cool velour jumpsuit uh (laughs) but you're also forced to join a dance crew it's you know, a little, a little bit of a, a little bit of a bargain, will, to be honest. Will the jumpsuit have like "hottie" written on the butt in like diamonds or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it will be, it will be bedazzled with, with, uh, you know, <laughs> say sayings that that like uh, Paris Hilton used uh, around the turn of the century. We just like "hottie" and and things. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yes, but. yeah. I, you get it. See, she gets it, Sarah. She understands. You know, That's she's one she's of here. us. One of us, one <laughs> of us. All right, that's going to do it for the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We will catch you tomorrow morning. We are out.